Well, good morning. I want to jump right into this so we have time. Uh, Pastor is going to lead us in communion at the end, and we want that to kind of be a consummation of everything that God's going to talk to us today about. So why don't you put your hand on your heart and just say, Lord, speak to me today. So Lord, go beyond me, beyond my ability to communicate. And Lord, let nothing be lost in translation. Let it be Holy Spirit that speaks to us. I hide behind you, Jesus, today. And I, I do my best, but not my best even, but by the help of your Holy Spirit to, for the assignment you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in a, a series this month talking about no matter what. And, you know, it's got to be, you know, a little gritty, like no matter what, we're going to do it, right? No matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, we're going to do what God wants us to do. And primarily that focuses uh, on our relationship with the Lord and then out, outflows from that. So let's say our verse out loud today, those of you that can read it from back there. No matter what, I will continue to... Let, let's start one more time. Okay, ready? Get, get your faith in, you know, in connecting with what you're saying. No matter what, I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that He will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes. So I will not be ashamed in my life or in my death. Christ will be magnified in me. Amen? Amen. And so today I want to kind of use uh, that verse and kind of lift out of there, passionately cling to Christ. And I, I've been praying about this week, this subject, but I realize that sometimes among Christianity in America that we don't put passion as that big of a priority when it should be a major issue in our lives. Because passion is something that flows from our heart. Say, passion flows from my heart. It's something that is the outflow of our heart in our life. And I love this definition. I've seen different ones, but listen to this. A feeling that keeps your will to live wildly alive. How many want to live wildly alive in Jesus? Oxygen of the soul and energy of the heart, an intangible emotion that inspires you to carry out your dreams every day. And let's put that in the context that my dreams now are in the Lord and what the Lord brings alive in my heart because I am passionately clinging to Him. I'm passionate about Him. And so when we talk about passion, it is an issue of the heart. So today I want to just kind of talk about this. This is my, I feel like my assignment. If you'll go to the next slide and we'll say this together. No matter what, I will not lose heart. One more time. No matter what, I will not lose heart. So what I really believe God wants to do is come and, and begin to do a deep work in the issues of our heart. And if you're a manly man and you're too macho for this, then just slap yourself like that and say, you need God to deal with your heart even if you're a manly man. So sometimes men kind of check out when you talk about stuff like this. God wants to deal with your heart. It's very, very important. And I realize... Um, I believe this with all my heart. Not, I believe God is bringing people from all over the country, and I've been talking to them, and they're moving back to, uh, to some of them are returning back home. Some of them are already here. God is gathering people. 
because, I mean, I know this might be arrogant for us to say because we're here, but I honestly believe that God is going to begin to pour out His Spirit and there's, that we're going to see an, out, an outpouring of God and revival break out. And I believe that God uses the unlikely places, you know, and where no one would think, but people that are just re- ready and hungry and they're, they're getting their heart positioned. And as we've been talking about, and I know Pastor is going to talk to you a lot more about this, but I really be- believe we're at a place in the church, no, no church growth thing is going to work, no new gimmick's going to work. It's got to be a sovereign outpouring of God, the only thing that's going to work. And so there's got to be, there's got to be something in us where we begin to position our heart. I, I, let me just say it this way. I really believe God needs to do a deep work in your heart because you're going to have a lot of work to do because revival is going to break out. And you're going to have all these new believers that have been in the world, messed up, demonized, drugs, all that kind of stuff. They're going to become in the Lord, and the Lord's going to need you to help them, to disciple them. And he got to get rid of anything in our hearts that are going to hold us back, that are going to pollute what God wants to do as we go forward. So no matter what, I will not lose heart. And I really believe that we don't even realize that our walk with God, I'm not even talking about, like, you're saved, you're born again, you're going to heaven, but now let's, while we're alive on earth, and while we have still breath in our lungs, let's kick as much devil booty for the rest of our life as we possibly can. And, and what we have to understand is the devil is, is fighting for your heart. It's a battle going on for your heart. I don't care if you've been saved 50 years. How many know you still have a battle that's going on in your heart? And there's got to be this intention that no matter what, that we will not lose heart. I really believe that there's been a lot of things that have happened that shaken the body of Christ in the last three years going on not only in America but around the world. And, and it's so easy because I'm, I am a, you know, forgive me, I am an end times junkie. I am. And so I'm always studying and, and looking at that kind of stuff. But one thing is that sometimes when I look at that, I can let that motivate my heart or even contaminate my heart in the wrong way instead of saying yes Jesus is coming back yes things are coming to the consummation of the ages but that should motivate me even more to be passionate about God and the things of God and be a part of what God wants to do right before he comes back now I know I believe just like my dad always taught me when I was a kid Jesus could come back at any moment I understand I believe that but there's this thing in me that I really believe prophetically that he's coming back in the midst of the church being born in revival or rebirthed in revival even with all the darkness that's going to be going on in the world there's going to be in the middle of that like this explosion of God that's going to happen in the church and so what we have to understand is God is wanting to prepare our hearts for this I want to, I don't want to be having to deal with junk in my heart when God's wanting to pour out and be, He wants to, you know, as we've been reading in that verse, He wants to come reveal, He wants to be revealed through you. So if He's going to be revealed through you, it's got to be a clean vessel, a clean heart to do that. Now I'm going to use an unusual verse in Luke chapter 21. Jesus is actually talking a lot about the last generation before the Lord returns, the, the coming of Christ, and, the, and some bad things that are going on on the earth. And this is a weird place to start this, but this is what the Lord really uh, told me to begin. In Luke 21 verse 26, I don't care if you're post, post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, as long as you're pre-millennial, I'm, I'm okay. So 
but, but even if not, in Luke chapter 21, you read all of that, it's actually even talking about the birth pains that lead up to the tribulation. So there's going to be some negative things going on in the earth even before the tribulation begins. And this is a very interesting thing that Jesus said. It says, look what it says, men's hearts are failing them from fear and the expectation of those things that are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, I won't read the rest of that because it goes in and talks about this Son of Man is going to appear in glory. But see, the, the reason that they are fearful and they have expectation of bad things is they don't know the end of the story. You guys know the end of the story. No matter what we see come up on the earth, we know what, how it's going to end is Jesus is going to split the sky and he's coming back. And so all the other stuff that the enemy tries to scare us with and bring expectation, uh, you know, of evil and, and, and dread upon our lives. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's amazing that we can get caught up in a, about a balloon being shot out of the air, you know, for days. It's just crazy, you know. And, and, and there's so much bigger things in God than a balloon, right? And I'm not fine about the story, but, but, but what I'm trying to say is what... what Jesus said was going to be marked by the days that we are entering in. I believe that we're getting close to the return of the Lord. That, there, that men's heart were going to fail them. But the, the reality is that this shaking that has happened in the last three years, we found out that at 50, and I'm probably being generous here and not trying to be mean, but 50% of the church has gotten shaken. Why? Because their hearts really weren't strong and ready for seeing the shaking going on around the world. They allowed their lives to be shaken because of that. That's why 50% of the people who used to go to church in 2019 don't go to church anymore. Why? Because their, their, their heart issues were not solid where they needed to be. They were not prepared for the days to come. So I really believe that God wants to prepare our hearts and have them ready for two reasons. Number one, because the earth is going to be shaken, folks. It's getting shaken. And we're, if you get your eyes on that, you're going to go fearful, expecting bad stuff. But, if you, but also, God wants to prepare our hearts because He wants us to be being able to be used greatly during the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's coming. So, we're going to talk about today regaining our heart and that passion for the Lord and the things of God. As human beings, we of course have a physical heart. But we're all aware that we also have something within us that recognize there's something beyond just that organ that's beating in your heart when we talk about the word heart. I mean, even, you know, Valentine's Day is, is coming up in a week and a half, and what do we do? We draw a heart, and then we write, I love you, inside the heart. And that has not talking about that organ in your body that's beating. It's talking about something bigger than that, something even more intangible, 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 untangible, English. Anyway, uh, but what exactly is the intangible heart? We've heard the word heart used since we were young in everyday language, in literature, in music, in other contexts, and most of us probably have a general definition of heart, thinking of it as something inside of us that feels emotion like love, affection, compassion, or sorrow. The definition of the heart in the Bible isn't given in one verse. And you, folks, why do I think the word heart in, in biblical terms is very important? It is hundred and hundred and sometimes. It is all over the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, you find the word, the idea, the revelation of heart. Since the Bible refers to heart hundreds of times, it must be significant to God and to us. So what does the word of God say about our heart and what is its importance to God and to us? 
Now, I'm going to, real quick, this is something that the Lord has kind of unpackaged over the last few years, and it is a whole class that I teach, and you're getting it in three minutes, okay? So, but I want you to understand, the Lord has kind of been, for years, kind of, you know, I've been, I don't know why, but He's just put me on this quest to try to understand and to comprehend what, a, what, what it means by the word heart, especially in a biblical and spiritual understanding. Let me just give you some ideas here. First of all, when we see the word heart in, in the Bible, that we also see it linked with the idea of your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotion. So when we talk about your mind, how does your heart have to do with your thinking? But listen what Jesus said. And Jesus said, knowing their thoughts, knowing their thinking, he said this, why are you thinking evil things in your heart? And so that there's even that connection with our thought life. Thinking is something of the mind, but the Lord Jesus asked the scribes why they were thinking in their heart. This shows us that our mind is still connected even with our heart. The next thing is part of our soul, our mind, our will. Acts 11 verse 23, who when he arrived saw the grace of God and they rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain with the Lord with a purposed, the word purpose here is a Greek word that has to do with your will. That I'm purposed. I have a, I'm, 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 my will is being exercised by the motivation that's in my heart that has been put there by God. See, mainly the things going on in your heart are either put there by God, the devil, or your own flesh. But what we have to understand, if I take what God motivates in my heart, and he gives me a passion for that, then I take what God has given me my heart, and I'm purposed to do that. I'm exercising my will. God, I choose what you are putting in my heart. I choose your way. That I'm partnering with the heart that God gives me with my decision, and when I do that, I'm partnering with God, and then I'm producing, not by my power, but by his power, I'm producing the very power of God to take place because of my choices how many know your choices are important? You, your choice actually had to be motivated at that moment when you made a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ. Nobody forced you to get saved. Hopefully, right? Right? You made a decision. What, what it was happening. Which says that you, there was a drawing that took place in your heart. The Lord drew, you know, drew my heart to him. But at that point, God didn't say, you got to take me now. No, he's saying, I'm now giving you the opportunity to express your will to make a decision. Okay? So, let me go on. I get too much. The next one uh, within our soul is our emotions. John 16, 20, uh, 22. Therefore, you also now have sorrow, but I see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and, what, and no one will take away your, your joy. It'll, it'll remain there. So in my heart, there is the expression of emotions. You know, I know that if you grew up in a stoic kind of church, emotions are crazy to you, you know? It was, it's funny, you know, different times in my life. I'm, 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 a, I'm a, you know, some people say I'm a drama queen, so I'm emotional, you know? And so, but emotions are not bad, they're not evil, but they have to be, they have to be motivated by the, their heart for God, because you know emotions can cause you to do stupid. How many ever done stupid before? I've done stupid. And a lot of times in my, my emotions called me to do stupid, you know. And so you have to allow the Holy Spirit to discipline your heart so that you don't react and let your emotions that are not motivated by God cause you to do things. I was thinking about that this week. I, most of you know that I've been a, 
a senior leader for 27 or so years, and I've had three people, because not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, I uh, start a job, Lord willing, everything, uh, I start a job working as a, uh, in a spiritual coordinator, chaplain stuff, and, uh, and so I've had three people say, is this the first real job you've had since college? <laughs> see, I, see, you guys probably know me. I don't, I, I like, I'm not as disciplined as Pastor Roger. I have, I have true hillbilly in me. I have true hillbilly in me. It don't come out all the time. It, usually I'm able to keep it under, under wraps by the Holy Spirit. But every once in a while, when somebody says something, I'm going like, you know, where, where it looks like I got a tick. You know, that, mean, that means there's an internal struggle where the Holy Spirit's saying, don't, don't say it, don't say it. So you just have to forgive me because I'm not quite as, I'm not, I, I haven't matured to Pastor Roger's place of control yet. So anyway, so emotions in our heart, they, they can either be motivated by God, they can be motivated by the devil or, or, or yourself. It's an amazing where we ever we always blame it on somebody else, and there is absolutely no ability anybody else has over your emotions. Because, like, if I walked up to you and just I, I command you right now, you're going to have joy and you're going to laugh. How many of you know they're going? You you don't have that ability. You can try to tell you know t- tell a dad joke or something, but uh, but you can't force that. And so, what we have to understand is no one has control over your emotions. Like, I, I'll, you know, I say it all the time, and, and it's not biblical. It's not, you're making me mad right now. You're, they can't make you mad. You allow yourself to get mad. Yeah, there's some things they're doing that could, you know, kind of instigate that. But you make, it, you make a decision whether to surrender that, to that emotion or do you let the overriding and not be led by the flesh, but be led by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes in instead of being, you know, angry. You know, I'm going to be nice to you right now. Like, because Proverbs says it heaps hot coals on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. So, th- this is kind of like, I don't have time to prove this to you today, but let me just interject this right here. It's so important. And this is something, it was years and years ago, there was a Southern Baptist charismatic Bi- uh, Bible professor, and he was teaching on this, and I'd never heard it before, and it took me years, but I realized that the center portion of who we are is our heart. And that we, and when you look at the Bible and say, the heart is soul, yeah? You read a whole bunch of other verses, you'll say, it sounds like the heart is the spirit. And so what, what he was talking about was the heart is actually that connection that is between your, your soul and your spirit. And so the enemy is always trying to affect that because it will, it will stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm jumping ahead of myself in the notes, but we need to even put it right here in Proverbs. It says, out of your heart flows the issues of life. Everything is flowing out of your heart. And the reality is, a lot of you have been through some bad stuff. And that has damaged your heart. It has hurt your heart. It it puts issues in your heart. And even though you love God... what, who you are and what you say and how you think and even how you see the world around you, it, it, it's, being, it's coming through that filter of your heart. And this is a weird thing for me to say right here, but I'm, I'm going to say this, and I, I'm saying this because I believe Pastor Roger and Heather would 100% agree with me, is that a lot of times because uh, we, you know, even as a young, young pastor, I was birthed in the deliverance and inner healing ministry that was one of the great leaders of that was Pastor Roger and Heather. 
that affected my life. But what, so as I begin to walk in that and see other people deliver, one, one thing that happens is that a lot of people have issues in their heart and they've learned that in the body of Christ that people love them and nurture them and, and will, you know, give empathy and sympathy and, and love them and such. And so what people can often do is be so addicted to that in the body of Christ, they keep the issues of their heart because they don't want to lose everybody loving on them and you know but let me just tell you something I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said this this morning you getting free of those issues in your heart a lot better than just the coddling you get from Christians <laughs> it's 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 it, what you understand what I mean by that I'm not trying to be mean I'm not trying to be mean but you getting free from that is way better it feels way better than just somebody giving you good words and loving on you because guess what they're going to love on you and hug you and, and love you anyway even when you get free of your heart the issues in your heart and it's going to even be easier for them to do so <laughs> that was a little joke there but anyway so so what, what I'm saying is when I, when I say the word heart and the understanding of heart, it's not just, it's not just soul, it's not, it's, not, it's not just spirit, but there's something that's transcendent beyond that that connects our soul and our spirit that out of it becomes the essence of who you are. And, and even we even say things like this, I gave my heart to Jesus. And I, I think there's some, there are good premise in that. We give, we give our heart and our life to Jesus. But what you have to understand, we live in a world that is battling for your heart every day. The enemy has set everything, whether visual or media or entertainment or the news or everything. All of this is bombarding our hearts every day and, and trying to create issues in our heart. All the same time, the Holy Spirit's wanting to get alone with you and speak to you you and, and do healing in your heart, healing in that so that out of it can flow the purity, even a pure fountain of the glory of God. Amen? Oh, Romans chapter 10 even gives you the picture of that with salvation. It says that you confess with your mouth, but you believe it in your, in your heart. And it says it's unto salvation. Okay. Uh, there, there's a, a book that I've read before, it's called The Economy of God. And I just love this quote I wanted to give you. It says, our relationship with the Lord is always, is always begun and maintained by the heart. Where your relationship at with God is always a heart issue. Of course, to connect the heart or, or to connect the Lord is a matter of the spirit. But this must be initiated and maintained by the heart for our heart is the gateway of our whole being. In other words, the heart becomes both the entrance and the exit of our being. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks, taking things into our heart. Every day, this, right now, even in this very moment, you're taking things in your heart, like that crazy hillbilly up there talking, you know, whatever, I'm just kidding. But you're taking things, and there's things coming out. That's the process of the Lord. And so when the enemy comes by the enemy uh, or by the demonic, he'll, he'll, he'll speak things to cause you to lose heart, doesn't he? He'll say things to you, make you feel worthless, make you feel beat down, make you feel like there's no hope. And what is he doing? He's robbing you. You're losing heart. You're losing heart. But what happens when I worship the Lord and I, I worship Him and dance and, and celebrate Him or listen to the Word of God or I pray or pray in the Spirit? What am I doing? I'm building up my heart. I'm building up my life. So whatever enters us must enter through the heart. Whatever comes out of us must proceed through the heart. And so the, the reality is that 
what God is wanting to do in preparing us that in the days as we, as the days to come, as we enter in, this is personal, you don't have to believe, but I, I believe we have way greater challenging days in front of us than what we've been through. I, I, I got people mad at one church when I said, we're going to look at the year of COVID as the good old days. And they go, so, <laughs> but I really do. I, I believe we have these challenging days. But the reality is I'm prepared. I'm purposed my heart that I'm going to enter into those days and I'm going to see the greatest glory of God that I've ever seen in my life. No matter what, I'm going to see it. I'm going to believe. And I love the picture. We don't have time to go there, but Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel's taken into captivity. He is going to Babylon, which is how many demonic, even the idea of the word Babylon has to do with, uh, you know, demonic things and Babel and those kind of things. He's entering a very demonic culture, and right in the middle of it, all the things that were trying to contaminate him. And to get him involved in what they were doing, it says this, but Daniel, all the things are going on around him, but Daniel purposed in his heart. No matter what comes to America, no matter what comes to our culture, no matter what comes to our world, no matter what the devil tries to do, no matter what we see taking place with anything of an antichrist system, no matter how perverted the government does and all the things around you get, there's got to be a people that in the midst of that, that have purposed in their heart, no matter what, I'm standing for the Lord. I'm going to believe in God. And though that there may be um, great persecution that comes against you for that, that there will be a measure of grace and a measure of anointing that God will give those people who have purposed their heart that this generation has not yet seen. And I believe that with all my heart. We have been on a, even though there's been great moves of God in the last 50 years, we have been on a 50 year downward where a downward spiral ever since the Jesus movement. And I believe that he's going to do it once again and he's going to do it in greater might and power. And yes, we got to partner our lives with it, but more importantly, we just got to purpose our heart. I'm not going anywhere, Lord. I'm right here, all right? So, uh, some of you will, won't appreciate this. Some of you guys will maybe. But there, one of the movies that I love it's probably better to watch it edited on television, but it's just Braveheart. And in that movie, you know that uh, Robert the Bruce, who later became the king, that he betrays William Wallace. And he is feeling pretty bad about it. And he's doing it mainly because his dad is giving him the motivation to betray him. And there was a scene that I just began to weep because the Holy Spirit began to meet, uh, speak to me years ago when I watched it. And it was the scene where Robert the Bruce's father says, all men betray. And this is what he said. All, he says, all men lose heart. And then there's something that rose up in him in that movie clip there that Robert the Bruce says, I don't want to lose heart. I don't want to lose heart. I, I, I want, and look, look what he says on how you can just so put this with the Lord. I want to believe. As he's saying, I want to believe like William did. I want to believe. You know who I want to believe? I want to believe like the Apostle Paul. I want to believe like the Apostle, you know, Peter. I want to believe like Deborah in the Old Testament. I want to believe like Lydia did in the New Testament. I want to believe like Catherine Kuhlman did in the hour in our lifetime. I want to believe like Jack Hayford that has went on to be with the Lord. I want to believe like Amy Sibyl McPherson that started this movie. I want to believe like they did. I don't want to lose heart. And then he says this, I will never be on the wrong side again. 
And no matter what you've done, no matter what's been a part of your life, that you make a decision, I'm staying on the right side, and that right side is the side of Jesus. Amen? So God is wanting to move us into a place that we're, we're courageous. We're ready for battle. That no matter what, I, I, uh, I want to just show you some of these verses because we talk about losing heart. Is that really a biblical term or biblical statement that God doesn't want us to lose heart? Let me just give you a few. Luke 18 verse 1. Then he, he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray. Why? And not lose heart. Why? Because when I pray, when I commune with God, it's going to strengthen me so that I won't lose heart. A lot of people say, man, I'm losing heart. Well, guess what? Pray. <laughs> you know, pray. 2 Corinthians 4.1 Therefore, since we have a ministry, as we have received mercy, we don't lose heart. Folks, they were going through it. They were being persecuted. They were being put to death. They were being imprisoned. Don't tell me how bad we have it. They had it really bad in the church. But what they were saying, we've received this ministry and, 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 we, have, and we have the mercy of God with us and we are not going to lose heart. Let's be that kind of people. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Anyway. Yet, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Therefore, we don't lose heart. We're getting, we're getting older, but so guess what? I'm not losing heart. I'm not retiring. I'm refiring, right? And we're not going to lose heart. A lot of you go, well, well, I've served the church for the... Guess what? Don't lose heart. You don't want to, move, you don't want to miss out what's about ready to happen in the body of Christ. Amen? Galatians 6 verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. We're going to reap. We're going to see it take place. Hebrews 12 verse 3. Just consider and meditate on Him who endured from sinners. This is talking about Jesus. Such bitter hostility against Himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What do I think about Jesus? What He did for me? What He went through for me? I can go through this challenge. I can go through this dilemma. I can go through whatever is facing my life right now and I'm not going to lose heart because my eyes are fixed upon Him. So, you know, real quick, how do we lose heart? And these, you could probably make uh, an exhaustive list of this, but these are the seven things I felt like the Holy Spirit just said specifically. Number one, when you start walking in sin, you're going to realize it's going to affect your heart. You're going to begin to doubt things. You're not going to begin to ward off fear and all these other things from your life. And so we lose heart when we walk in disobedience and sin before the Lord. I know we all sin, but it's coming to that place of repentance and allowing God to bring change in our hearts so that we don't walk those things out continually. Because when we habitually walk in sin, it is revealing an issue of your heart. Ouch. Okay, number two, discouragement. How many have ever been discouraged? Number three, and this, is, this has to be checked by the Holy Spirit what this looks like, but I believe when you look across a lot of the body of Christ right now, there's a lot of cowardness going on. Where people won't stand up. You remember part of the verse that we're talking about. We're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to be ashamed. We're going to stand for the word. We're going to stand for God. We're going to love people. We're not going to try to act haughty and all religious. But we're going to stand. We're going to stand boldly. We're not going to be a coward. Uh, number four. How many know pain? Pain in your heart can just really zap you and become an issue and cause you to lose heart. Uh, especially through betrayal and, you know, through, you know, people doing things, hurting you and those kind of things. 
Uh, number five, we lose heart when we lose priorities. We have the wrong priorities in our life. Some of you, it's not like a major issue that needs to be dealt with as much as you need to just get your priorities back in, in place with God. What, what are the things of God that are more important? Number six, negligence. Where you've been ne neglig negligating. I, I make up words as I go along. So where, where I have negligence in my life. And the negligence is just simple. I'm not reading the Word. I'm not praying. I'm not worshiping. I'm not going to church. I'm not fellowshipping with other people. You know, a lot of people, you know, and I'm not trying, I say this in love, in, but a, a lot of people will say to me, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church anymore. I, I always answer this way just to get their response because I'm, you know, I have a little bit of smart luck in me. I go, how's that working out for you? <laughs> so I, how many know, I, I understand the premise that you don't have to go to a church building to be a Christian, but surely you understand the, the need of, of your fellowship among the believers, corporate worship, corporate prayer, the Word of God being taught. So anyway, I'll get off that bandwagon. Number seven, just being disillusioned. How many know when you hope for something for so long and it doesn't happen, you can get really disillusioned? I, I mean, I'm, the, I'm that way a lot of times even with, with revival because that's kind of what I give in my life for. I want to receive revival and receive revival. And then when it's happening, then I'm overwhelmed. Like, oh my goodness. what? Are you? But then when it's not, I'll be going like I'm disillusioned. And God's saying, you know, don't lose heart. Keep pursuing. Keep going after it. So how do we regain our heart and maintain it? Get the things out of your heart that are destroying it and put in the things from God that will strengthen it. And know that it is not a one-time issue. It is something you must fight for on a daily, daily, daily basis. Daily, daily basis. That's why you see people that all the time in the body of Christ, they're like, dun, 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 dun. like they look like super Christian. They're just tearing it up. And then in one year, they're... We, I won't even give an example, but they're not doing that. They're doing something else. Why? It's because they, it, 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 they didn't realize it. It's not just one emotional moment. It's not just one motivation. It is, it, it is the consistency of walking it out every day in your life. This is the verse we mentioned before, Proverbs 4.23, above everything else, guard your heart. For, for it is the source of life's consequences. That's the uh, complete Jewish Bible and how it's really rendered out of the uh, Hebrew there. It, 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 you, you, out of it, I, I love this because it's, it's kind of ouchy, in it? For it is the source of life's consequences. Ugh. Everything you do flows from it. Psalms 31, verse 23, O Lord, or O love the Lord, all you His saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. He'll strengthen your heart. How do we get our heart strengthened? I'm, going to, I'm bringing this in for a landing, but I very important that you hear the next three minutes. How do I strengthen my heart? I spend time with heart-to-heart -heart time with the presence of God. His Word will strengthen my heart. He will guard what you take into your heart when the Lord gives you something. Guard it. I mean, I know you don't want to get overboard and fanatical about this, but sometimes God will speak something to me and somebody, the enemy will try to use somebody to say something like against that. And I, I'm not talking about being arrogant or prideful, but just cut that off. Just say, no, 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 no. no. I'm doing, uh, this is what God told me. This is what the Lord told me to do. I'm not, and so you guard what the Lord puts in your heart. Have regular times of heart healing. 
get have regular... I'm telling you, and I really believe that Pastor uh, Roger and Heather really instilled this a lot when I first started in the ministry, and I think it saved us. It saved me and Nicole, so our lives, is that I, I get regular heart checkups. I mean, where, wherever it is. I, I mean, you know, I... I remember we were in just experiencing a great move of God when I was 35 in, in, in North Idaho. And just God was just phenomenal. But the Lord brought some issues in my heart up at that time. And I'm going like, I don't have time to deal with these things. And, and the Lord says, well, you better deal with them or they'll deal with you. And so at 35, you know, people were wondering, why are you going to Elijah House? And getting some heart issues dealt with. Heart healing. Every time I go to, to Brownsville, in, uh, or not to Brownsville, but to Reading at Bethel, I, I schedule a time with the Sozo team there. Well, and I always say it, whether I need it or not, and then every time I think I don't need it, I go anyway and I come out bawling. <laughs> Why? We all get heart issues. We go through life. We've been hurt. And folks, you live in a place and, that understands that and has a ministry for that. So get, you know, don't think you're super Christian. And, and think like you're beyond it. Every single one of us need times that we get our heart healed. And um, get rid of unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger quickly. Big, big deal. The longer it stays there in the heart, the more damage it does. So I always say, get rid of it quickly. I always use the, the analogy I, like, like that. Anger. You know, unforgiveness. Bitterness. Ang- you know, what? I want to get rid of it quickly. The longer it stays. Okay. Fight, uh, fight fear with faith. Fear caused men to fail, their hearts to fail. Be careful who you allow to speak into your heart. I just don't let everybody speak into my heart. Don't mean I don't love them or appreciate them, but don't, everybody don't get to speak in my heart. That's why the people that you allow to speak in their heart should have a more effect, and sometimes they can hurt more, but, you know. So let me, let me kind of wrap this up with really specifically, the Lord gave me some prophetic words in 2019, and I believe that Every time that I share this, that His anointing is here to accomplish that. As forerunners in the days to come, as the crisis in the culture continues to escalate, as the church at large becomes more and more deceived as they move away from God's Word, and as we approach the end of the age when the tribulation will occur and the Antichrist and his system will rage, the world needs you. The world needs you to stand courageous and not to lose heart. Let God strengthen and prepare your heart for the days to come so that it will not fail you and not only will you not fall away, but you will stand strong and release the kingdom of God anticipating the soon return of your King and Bridegroom, Jesus Christ. In Joel chapter 2, which I believe is an end time uh, revival chapter, that it's to every generation since the time of the day of Pentecost, but is even more specifically to the generation before the Lord returns. And it says, turn to me with all your hearts. With fasting, we turn to me with all your hearts. Say that with me. Turn to me with all your hearts. That's God speaking. This is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothes in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful, compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. God was not telling them, don't respond to this call by doing just some outward religious act. But let this be something that completely affects your heart. 
Let the word of the Lord, yes, compel you to action, but also shake you to your very core. Everything is not okay, and you need to allow me to change your heart right now. I often feel like the strange one in the room because I have such an over, uh, overwhelming sense of urgency for the body of Christ to get healthy and healed so that we can be conduits of revival. Many people, and this is, I wrote this specifically down in the middle of the night. At the end of 2019, the Lord woke me up and prophetically, so it's got bad grammar because I didn't change it. <laughs> this is just hillbilly writing. But this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And it was only three months later that COVID broke out. But I believe this is right to us and His anointing is to accomplish this. Many people are going to get their hearts back. Let me just prophesy that right now. Many people are going to get their hearts back that have been lost from discouragement, failure, woundedness, and disillusionment. I felt like the Lord, or I felt like God was clear. It might hurt a little, but healing would come. He clearly said words like it will be raw, at times uncomfortable, require a new level of vulnerability, sacrifice, and commitment. At times there will be tears, and above everything, repentance and renewed worship would be key. God showed me that we are heading for some very challenging days. And this was 2019 He gave me this. But also for some very exciting days as well. Somebody say amen. But over and over again, I hear in my spirit, Todd, allow me to prepare your heart. My call to my people, this is what I felt like the prophetic word was, my call to my people, and this is from the Lord, not from Todd, my call to my people is for you to allow me to come and do a, a deep work in your hearts. I desire to come, remove those things in your heart that are polluting your life and causing you not to be everything I created you to be. I desire to reignite your heart with passion for me and for others. It is now your decision. Will you give me your whole heart so I can change it and make you ready for the days to come which will be filled with persecution and great power? Amen? And say it with me. No matter what, I will not lose heart. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We will not lose heart no matter what. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those preparing communion, go ahead and let's uh, hand out the bread. When I was uh, young, we, um, we had a place on the Outer Banks um, in a little cabin there. And uh, I would go, we would, it was on the bay side and we'd go over to the ocean. And I remember uh, there's a you know, big pier and stuff and I was, I was playing in the water and the waves hit me. Go ahead and be passing out so everybody gets uh, this in hand. And the wave hit me. How many of you had a wave hit you? And it knocked me around, you know, and then another one hit me. And then another one hit me, and I was really under it. I was like an undertow. Hey, you can lose heart when you've been hit a lot. And then all of a sudden, because it was near the pier, apparently somebody's hook got in the water. It was trapped down there, and I ended up with my... I had a hook. It wasn't rusty. It was just a regular hook. It was in my thumb. You can have something hook you in your heart when you've been hit with pressures. You can have something. And it, I couldn't get it out. I 
couldn't get it out. We had to drive to a hospital or a doctor's office. It was like about, I don't know, 45 minutes in the car. I sat there with that hook. Couldn't pull it out. A hook, it would tear the flesh, right? I want to say it's disheartening when you get a hook. And the more you try to mess around with it, you got to go to the doctor Jesus. He's got to do it for you. He's got to take it out. And I was amazed when I got in the doctor's office. He pulls out a little, he goes, oh. He takes a little needle. It's got some Novocaine in it, apparently. And he just sticks it in the middle of the thumb and shoots it in there. And suddenly I don't feel anything. And then he runs it all the way through. He just goes, poop. And here it comes. He doesn't pull it out. He runs it through. And then he clips it off and then pulls it out. Today, Jesus is going to run it through, clip it off, and take it out. Do you have an area where your heart has been hooked up with something that's created pain in you? Let's lift it. Just bring it before the Lord right now. Bring it before the Lord right now. Jesus is here. He's the Prince of Peace. He's going to put peace in that place right now. Peace. Peace. Not torment anymore. Bring it to Him right now. Bring it to Him right now. Bring it to Him right now. Bring your heart to Him. Where your heart's been pierced, there are issues of the heart. You just got knocked around a little bit. You've been 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 knocked around a little bit. Acknowledge it. You've been knocked around a little bit. Holy Spirit's on that statement. See, that's how you get disheartened. The Lord's here. It says, I identify you've been knocked around. Guess who's been knocked around a little bit? Jesus. Jesus can take hooks out because he was knocked around a little bit. He was pierced. Jesus was pierced. A spear went in. The cracker you have in your hand has holes in it. Jesus says, I give you my body. It was pierced for you. He's, he was knocked around a little bit. Let's lift up praise. Let's praise him right now. Praise him right now. Praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. He's coming in here right now to take out a hook that has held your heart back from the complete joy. You've been needing something clipped out of your soul. Praise you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come in this moment. Say, Lord, take it. Just tell Him, take it. Take it. Tell Him, Invite him, take it. Don't you walk out of this place with that hook in you. Don't you dare walk out of this place with that hook in you. Jesus relates to you. He knows you've been knocked around. He knows. In Jesus' name, let me tell you this. this, this his head had a crown of thorns pressed down on it. If you've been tormented in your mind, Jesus had a crown of thorns pressed down, pierced. 
If your mind has been pierced with thoughts, Jesus knows what it's like to have your thoughts pierced. In Jesus' name, we take authority over that now. We take authority over depression. We take authority over depression. We take authority over disheartenment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and bring your heart to the Lord because we're going to participate with this. Just lift this body up right now. Just the bread, the clacker here. Say, in the name of Jesus, I give it to you because you took it for me. You were beaten and bruised for me. You were mentally tormented for me. And I receive your healing grace right now. I release the hook in Jesus' name. Let's take partake. Let's praise the Lord as you do that. Praise you, Jesus. Say, thank you for taking it. Thank you for taking it. Thank you for taking it. Let's go ahead and receive the cup. Get the cup in hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and praise Him. Just praise Him with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Little, just fill up the room with a kind of a holy murmur of gratitude. Oh, bless you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. see Jesus when we see Jesus when we see him and we will see him <laughs> we're going to see Jesus eternal God came down to earth and took our sins upon his life and when you see Jesus just like when he was resurrected from the dead and he met it with his disciples he said to Thomas hey Thomas Look at my hands. Look at my hands. It's me, Thomas. It's me. Take your hand and put it here at my side. It's me, Thomas. It's me. The blood that this cup represents came out of those hands, those feet, this side scarring on his back. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Would you praise him? He's taken. Now there's something powerful about this blood because it literally washes away the things of pain. It cleanses the heart from the things of pain. From the bruising lift a cup. Praise your name. Just praise him with me just a moment. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for the shedding of your blood for me. I receive forgiveness. The moment I said this, I want to come against an argument. There's a tormenting argument in somebody's mind. And you keep blaming yourself. You keep opening a door for blame. 
and you wrestle with yourself, the Lord says, I've taken that blame upon myself. Would you put what is wrestling against you mentally upon him? Would you go ahead and do that now? Consciously say, this argument has to come down. It's not going to be between me and Jesus anymore. It's not going to be a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'm taking it down now with the power of the blood. With the power of the blood. The whole point of the blood is to take the handwritings of requirements that were written against us and nail them to the cross and destroy the power of them. Let's praise Him. Come on, praise Him with me. Say, Lord, You have taken it. You have taken it. You have taken it. Thank you, Jesus. So we receive a fresh cleansing, a fresh healing to our hearts. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Um, would you just, without even though the, we're going to pass the cups, I want to have another kind of a moment of uh, quiet just for a minute. I have an impression here. Go ahead and take these. Go ahead and get the cups passed down real quick. I want to... Uh, I believe the Lord wants to uh, do a, something special here. Would you, as that's out of your hands, just close your eyes with me. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And I want you to see Jesus come before you and take your head and in His hand and He's going to put your head against His heart. He's going to hold you let him take your, like he puts his arms around you, like you would be a child that would be comforted. And just put your head on his heart. Just hold your head there. Hold your head there. Hold your head there. I declare comfort to you. Comfort. Listen for his heartbeat. His heart beats for you. He is the comforter of your soul. Receive the comfort of the Lord. Let Him wrap His arms around you now. Let Him hold your head against His heart and receive, receive, receive. Say thank you, Lord. Just let this thank you, Lord. Just tell Him thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for comfort. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for releasing my mind and torment. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, come and lift off the burdens now. Just lift off everything that would be a weight. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come and lift, lift off every debris of harassment. In Jesus' name, lift it off now. Lift it off now. Lift it off now. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to stand before him for a moment. Just let's put your push down on your feet there and let your body come up. <laughs> And let's stand before the Lord for a moment.
Lift your head again to Him. Say, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Jesus. I've had a couple of times in my life where my heart was just totally gone, and the Lord put it back together. He's the healer of the broken heart. He's the restorer of the heart. He will put his heart within you. He'll give you a new heart and a new mind and a new spirit, he says. I will restore you completely, and he will make you brand new. This is the Lord's work. This is how he does. He takes old things, and they pass away, and behold, all things become new. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we just lift up this impartational moment for you. We receive the deposit of this word that Todd preached. We will not lose heart no matter what. 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 Everybody said amen. Hug on two people and say, I see you have a wonderful heart. If you need further prayer, there'll be a few people down here. You can receive prayer. Praise you, Lord.